Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here, and it's time to be serious for a moment. I have a five-year-old who'll be turning six by the time this season of Ostium ends. He's really smart. I know he'll go far in this world, especially with his blossoming self-confidence and willingness to always share and be kind to others. I also know that one day I'm going to have to talk to him about climate change, how it is a fact of our lives. The temperatures will rise and climate will get more extreme. In the last few years, I've personally experienced it where I live in Northern California. I've seen devastating wildfires that were halted just a block from turning my father-in-law's home to a pile of ash. And I've also seen horrific flooding that ruined people's homes and ended businesses where I work. That's why when I heard about Arcadia Power, instead of ignoring it, I read more and researched. It's a way you can get 100% of your power from renewable sources. You can find out everything at arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. It made me think, here's at least something I can do to help combat climate change. It didn't take me long to sign up, and if you do it now, you'll even get a $25 credit on your first bill. That's arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. And now when I think about having that climate change talk with my son, who has the whole world before him, I can at least say, here's what we're doing to help. And you need to also, so we can keep this world we inhabit alive and well. After all, it's the only one we have. Again, that's arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. I don't know how much time passes. The booming sound is long gone. Still don't know what the fuck it's all about. And for the moment, I'm not going to worry. I've got enough shit to deal with. I keep staring at those grooves in the dust. Are they really incontrovertible proof? Was someone else truly here? 
Yeah, of course someone was. But the important question is, when? This is the Ostium Network, after all. Time is always fucking relevant. So the frame could have been moved, what, years ago, maybe? No. Too long. The dust wouldn't look like that. So weeks, maybe. Months? Possibly. Not too many of them, though. Or it got taken a couple days ago. Or a day. Hours. Minutes. And that's when that fear shoots up inside me again, and this time it drives me to my feet. Yeah, I entertained the idea of staying here tonight, because it's Steve's place. But now, nah, not happening. I'm headed back to my place. It's on the quick ride over in the EV that I realize where I need to go next. The place I need to check out tomorrow. Somewhere I've never been before, even when this place was swarming with people. I can't help looking up at the top of the Rock of Gibraltar as I'm thinking about this. When we get back to my place, because that's what it is, if you haven't caught on yet. Can't remember if I said that in so many words, but I noticed right away that the front door is now closed. It wasn't like that when we left. I remember. I remember looking back at Jake, watching him make sure it was ajar. I reach up to type in my code to let us in, looking at Jake. He looks just as worried as me. Bloody brilliant. I take a deep breath just as the door unlocks and pops open. I charge up the stairs, ready for anything, and scared of bloody everything. My heart's pounding like I just chugged a pint of very strong coffee. But my worries are all for naught, I discover, once I'm upstairs and looking around. Jake's right behind me, my very necessary backup. But we don't find anyone here. Safe for now, at least. We both let out heavy sighs. Okay, I'm going to throw some grub together. In the meantime, you collect your thoughts and we'll go over what's going on with you. Sounds good, mate. Jake makes supper too bloody quickly for my liking. It felt like I just sat down, and then there he was with two plates of steaming food. Pasta. And some sort of tomato sauce. Good enough for me. He puts the plates down and I start eating. He returns with a couple of glasses of water and starts eating as well. He gives me at least five minutes, which is very decent of the chap. He gives me time to gobble down my food, let out a very loud burp, and then get settled, nestling the water in my hands. I lied to you before. What? Why? Just, just let me say my piece. I'll explain why. What I mean. I had my reasons. Just listen for now. We'll have a Q&A session after the lecture, okay? Sure, man. I lied about never having been to Gibraltar before. Honestly, my memory has been an absolute pile of shit since we came through here. So I've got that going for me, I suppose. But as more time goes by, the more I feel I remember 
it feels like my memory is coming back to me in dribs and drabs. I'm sorry for lying to you, Jake. The first time I came to Gibraltar was on holiday. I was spending a package deal in Spain and thought I'd visit a piece of foreign Britain. There was nothing remarkable about it. It was perfectly normal in every way. I pause, drinking some water, clearing my throat. <clears throat> but that was another time, long ago. Jake, I remember being here more recently. A lot more recently. I had no clue at first, when we arrived. But as each hour... <laughs> bloody hell. As each minute goes by, I remember more and more. I remember lots of people here. I was one of many. Thousands, it felt like. And we all had jobs to do. We were working together. Learning together. We were in lots of classes, being taught about time and time travel. And... Ostium. How it started. How it got made. How we were going to use it. A lot of the details are still quite fuzzy, but I've got at least a general idea about it all. The gist, you know? Jake's nodding at me, trying to control the shock on his face. Honestly, I can't blame him. I can remember... I can remember the ones in charge asking if I'd like to be the first one to go through. To try Ostium. To get to the town and go through one of the doors. Come back and tell them all about it. We'd been training and learning for months. At least six months, I think. I was so bloody anxious to actually do something. I know I should have thought about it some more. Taken more time and talked about it with my mum. Your mom? Yeah, she was here with me, in Jib. We got hired pretty much at the same time and arrived here on the same boat. Something... Something weird happened when we took that boat. I can't quite remember what. But something... Special happened to get us to this unique place. To this Gibraltar. This island. It's not... Well, I think you know this already. But it's not a normal place. Not naturally occurring, if you catch my drift. Yeah. I know, there's something very similar about this place in Ostium. No bloody kidding. So do you remember what happened? How you got into Ostium? How the whole emu thing came about? Emu? Oh, bloody hell, no. No, I don't remember any of that, yet. Let's see. At the moment, all I can remember is them all giving me the okay and stepping through that door. The one we were looking at earlier, in the funny-looking room. The one that looked like a deadly virus containment facility? Yeah, that one. They gave me the okay, and I stepped through, and... I can't remember anything after that. Yet. I really hope it starts coming back to me. It's... It's honestly starting to turn my stomach a bit. I want some fucking answers. I feel you, Dave. I know where you're coming from. Thank you, Jake. It means a lot to hear you say that. And to have you hear it all. I'd be barkers if I was here on my own. But Dave, how can you be so sure that this is the place? You've got memories of it, sure, and you somehow managed to get into this apartment, but you don't exactly sound fully confident of your faculties. How do you know this Gibraltar, this island, is the same place? The moment of truth. I knew it was coming. And this was the right time. Because I didn't do anything special to break into this place. 
I didn't hack that terminal or randomly type in the exact number. I knew what the number was because I remember setting it when I first moved in. I remember being told how to set the passcode and choosing those random numbers. And they worked. Huh. Okay then. That's not everything though. I also have a piece of undeniable evidence. Jake is watching me intently now. I pull out the small frame photograph of my trousers and put it in his hands. He looks at it, his eyelids half closed, frown lines forming on his forehead. Then the lines suddenly disappear and the eyes become huge egg-sized things and I think they're going to fall out of their sockets. Then he looks up at me and his look makes me feel scared. The sort of fear that makes you feel cold inside. Dave, this is you. I know. And who's the woman beside you? That's my mum. She was here with me, remember? Dave, that's Monica. I barely remember what I chow down for breakfast. I don't make my bed, even though I did so religiously every morning I was here. I just get myself ready and set out. I did remember to charge the EV last night. It took a little while to work out where everything was, but they showed us how to before. The know-how was still there. So come this morning, it's all ready to go. I take a few minutes to think, to wonder if I need anything for where I'm going. Food? Supplies? Nah, not really. It's not like I'm going to be staying where I'm going. But I do take one important item. The gun. The ride over is a mixed bag. Half of it is lovely. Fresh, clean sea air. A gorgeous sunrise. As that yellow ball climbs higher, it gets deliciously warmer. It makes me feel, for the moment at least, happy. Sort of. Happy to be here, in a way. Happy to be somewhere nice for a fucking change. Somewhere I might want to call home. Somewhere I have called home before. Somewhere familiar and comforting. Of course, it's just me here, all by my fucking lonesome. I'd like that to change. Scratch that. I really want some goddamn company here. Anybody would be okay. Someone nice preferred. Oh, enough rhapsodizing on what I don't have, what can't be. Now we've reached the other side of the journey, 
the half that's more of a question, and I gotta concentrate, because I haven't really been in this area much before. They showed us, like, once, way, way back in the early days. Fortunately, I still remember. It's kind of hidden, too, so I navigate the EV down alleys, make turns here and there. Just when I'm starting to think I took a wrong one, I see it, standing there, ready and waiting for someone to use. We call it the cable car. Always have, always will. There's a bunch of damn names for it. Fancy sounding ones like aerial lift. Or scientific sounding ones like aerial tramway. Gondola lift is another. They call it the cable car here, so that's what I called it. It's what we all called it. We all saw it, going up and down a couple times a day. Sometimes lots of times a day. Not that it mattered that much. None of us ever fucking went on it. No, the only peeps that got to ride the cable car were the special ones high up on the totem pole. Got to ride it all the way up to the top of the rock. That's what they told us during that introductory tour. How many of these special people are there? How many of them are white dudes? Those details weren't given. It was also clear it wasn't worth asking. We weren't going to be given those sorts of answers. I watched it, a number of times, the cable car. It was kind of relaxing to do. Watch it make its slow way all the way up there. And each time I did, I thought about who was in the car. What were they like? Were they nice people? Not so nice? Did they even care about all of us down here? I knew then I'd never know. I know now, too. But one thing's about to change. Assuming I can get the fucking thing working. How hard can it be? I try the door to the little house at the bottom of the rock. From its roof erupts two set of cables reaching high up to the top of the rock, like really long strings that have been attached to arrows and shot up to the peak. Yeah, pretty shitty simile, I know. Jakey's the one for those. Along the way up the mountain are pylons holding up the cables. The door's locked. This stops me for just a few seconds. Guess they usually kept this place guarded or something. The door's nothing special. I lash out with a couple of stiff kicks just to the right of the handle. They cause enjoyable crunching sounds. One more and the door swings open. I step inside a kind of atrium. There are glass doors on the other side that I get open much easier. They open onto the staging area, and there's the cable car looking like something a little bigger than a van, but too small to be called a bus. From the top of it extends the connector to the cable above it. Okay, good. There's the important part. The part that's going to get me to the top of the rock. Now it's time to figure out how this sucker works. It doesn't take me long to find the control room. And everything's labeled. Fucking A. Someone was smart in setting this up. Or at least helpful. And what have we here? A damned instruction manual. How goddamn useful is that? And what's this? A quick pointer sheet on how to operate the cable car? I don't mind if I do. 
Start pressing buttons, turning knobs, and flicking switches. There are groans and creaks, and then things start moving. A humming sound builds. We're in business. I complete the checklist. Think about getting into the cable car to see if I can get it moving and stop myself. Hmm. I keep checking the instruction manual. There's another page with another checklist for operating the fucking cable car while riding it. That page gets torn out and is coming with me. Okay, standing at the door to the cable car. Here goes. I step inside and expect it to move, like a boat on water. It doesn't. Stays perfectly still, like it doesn't even know I'm standing on it. I slide the door closed and make sure it's locked and secure. There's a panel inside the door with instructions on this, too. Damn, they're making this easy. I... I really fucking appreciate it. Thanks, bigwigs. I walk over to the operating station and whip out my cheat sheet. I flick a switch and press a few buttons. Then I hold my breath. Here fucking goes. I press one more button and then put my hand on the accelerator. A big knob with a speed dial above it. I turn it slowly. A digital number tells me my increasing speed. Once it gets past one, the cable car starts moving. I jam the cheat sheet in a cubby underneath the control panel and grab hold of a very well-placed handle next to me. I'm not taking any risks. The cable car moves out of the station, house, whatever the fuck it is, and starts ascending. I've regained my balance and my confidence is starting to come back. Good. Not sure about my bravery. I recall the recommended speeds on the instructions and slowly turn the knob. The cable car moves faster, up to 15 kilometers an hour. Not really that fast, but in a glass box on its way to the sky, it feels fucking fast enough, let me tell you. I approach the first pylon and remember the instructions, slowing the cable car down to 5 kph. As the connector above the cable car passes over the pylon, there's a clanking sound and everything shakes. It's normal, the instructions say. It doesn't relax me at all. I'm also remembering one of those X-Files episodes I watched. There were a lot of them. One of the early ones with a guy. Fox, uh, Fox Mulder, wasn't it? Riding a cable car, trying to catch up with someone. He kept pushing the cable car to top speed and barely slowing it down when it approached the pylons. I remember the billboard in this episode. Skyland Mountain, ascend to the stars. I ain't gonna be taking any of those risks. Past the pylon, the cable car speeds up to a normal 15 kilometers per hour. And now I finally start to relax. I look around through the windows and admire the view of the island of Gibraltar opening up before me. It's quite breathtaking. I'm awake and up. It's a new day in this strange new place. I wake up in a strange bed, but I slept like a baby. 
It felt really damn good to get to sleep in an actual bed. I know I'd been sharing the bed in Ostium with Monica, but there's something to be said about enjoying a queen-size bed all by yourself. And after the last 24 or 48 or however many hours it's been since the blackout swallowed up my world, I really needed a good rest. I feel alive and rejuvenated. So it's time to start brooding. Well, not so much brooding, but some deep introspective thinking about... No, it's brooding. Dave is Monica's son. Dave is Monica's son. Dave is Steve. It's a big fucking deal. All that time, all that looking, all that suffering, and he's here, he's found, he's with me. But Monica isn't. And he was Dave all along. Somehow. No, I don't get it. Not one bit. I'm not going to try right now. It's too much. Too much to process. Too much to try and comprehend. Dave's... Should I still call him that? Should I tell him his name's actually Steve? And then, why does he think he's called Dave? Anyway, Dave's still sleeping out on the couch. I can hear him snoring. I look out the window and see the sun's making its way up into the sky. It's well into morning. I'm going to need to get Dave up soon. We need to keep checking this place out, see if we can find anything that might help us. Something that will explain all of this, what happened here. I decide I need a breath of fresh air and sneak down the stairs, quiet enough not to wake Dave. I open the front door and leave it ajar so I can get back in with no issues. I think I remember the number Dave said was the passcode, but I still don't really trust all this. Not completely. Outside, the air feels fresh and wonderful. I walk into the street, taking deep lungfuls. It feels so great, waking me right up. I can't help looking at my surroundings, my eyes studying the buildings I can see then casting over to the rock, following its ascension to the peak. And then, I see movement. What the fuck? I don't understand it at first. It takes some time. Then I realize what I'm looking at. It's the cable car. I can remember that, doing some reading when I was younger on Gibraltar, and how the town has a cable car that takes you to the top of the rock. You know, to check out the views and the monkeys. So, I shouldn't be that surprised to see it there cables swooping down the mountain like big electrical wires. Except, except the cable car is moving. I can see it from where I'm standing. It's far away, almost to the top, but it's definitely moving. And that means someone's probably on it. Just great. I get ready to go back inside to wake up Dave to give him the truly great news. Do I still call him Dave? Or Steve? What's right? Last night, when I told him that that was Monica in the photo, he didn't believe what I was saying. Dave, that's... Monica. You what? You must be bloody kidding! No, Dave, I'm deadly fucking serious. That's Monica in the photo. And I can see you too. That means she's your mom. You're her son. 
We are talking about the same moniker here, aren't we? The one you've been gallivanting all over the place with? The one who was seducing and attacking you with those things so you'd stay in line? Um. The one who was always looking for bloody Steve, who we all thought was her boyfriend, but who was really her fucking son, who was really me. Yes, Dave, that is what this all appears to be. Does it? Yes, it's the one thing I've never been able to find out until now. Absolute proof. Undeniable. Unquestionable. What, this? Yes, it's you. It's Monica. In the background is the rock. This place. You were here with her, your mother. And she was also with me. And you, Dave, went on your own journey and you found Ostium, or maybe it found you, and then you found me. And then we both got here, where you were before, and when you were Steve, when you were here with your mom, with Monica. Dave's looking down at the photo. I'm not sure what's going through his mind. Inside me, my heart's racing. This is so incredible. I don't really know what to think. Does he remember being Steve? What changed? He looks up at me. I don't know, Jake. It's a fucking lot to process. Yes, it is. Look, it's late. I'm bloody knackered. Let's get to bed. I'll sleep on the sofa tonight. Maybe sleep will help me take all this in a bit better. Okay, Dave. That sounds good. Do you still want me to call you Dave? Or Steve? I don't really know. It's what you want that's important. I don't know either, Jake, to be honest. I can remember things, being here. But I don't really remember being too different at all. Not being me. Being Steve. So let's keep it to Dave for now. Sounds good. Jake, are we ever going to find my mum? Are we ever going to find Monica? I don't know, Dave. I just don't know. But if there's anything I've learned with Ostium and everything that's happened to each of us, it's that wherever we are, there's always a chance. Good answer. Night-night. Good night, Dave. Sleep well. I run up the stairs, thinking I'm going to have to shake Dave awake if he's not up already. I find the couch empty when I make it to the top, a piled blanket at one end. Where the hell is he? I then see him over at the window. He's staring at something, eyes wide in astonishment. I walk over to him and follow his angle of sight and discover he's seen the cable car too. Finally, he breaks his stare and looks at me. Who the fuck is that? I have no idea. But we're going to find out. His eyes somehow widen a little more. Are you sure that's a wise idea? Oh, it's definitely not. But I don't think we can go about our day checking out other buildings while there's someone riding the cable car to the top of the mountain or riding it down to come find us. I'm just not going to feel comfortable going about our business today knowing that we could have someone watching us behind our backs or coming at us without our knowing. You're fucking right, mate. Okay. I am scared shitless, and it's the last thing in the world right now I want to do. But you're right. I put a warm palm on his shoulder. I'm scared shitless too, man. Now, let's rip the band-aid off and deal with this. You what? Uh, never mind. I'll explain it on the way. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. It's a very enjoyable ride. Rising up and up, ever higher. Getting to look back and down on this very strange island. It's surreal. Not as surreal as it could be. I spent time here before. No lay of the land, so to speak. But seeing it from way up here, it's pretty trippy. And beautiful. Looking down at all the little buildings below streets and lanes between them like arteries and veins only there's no lifeblood here it's all dried up desiccated and that's when I fucking see something I can't believe it can't be real can it I know I've been hearing some weird shit those goddamn explosions who knows what they're about could there be someone else here somehow this place definitely had the ostium vibe when I arrived. Polar opposite to how it was before. But I'm seeing the proof right now. Undeniable, unless that Eevee's driving itself. Okay, for just a moment. An iota, as Jakey would say. In this place of all places, that's a maybe, a possibility. But I'm not buying it, not a bit. There's a someone or someone's in that vehicle down there. Looks like they're headed my way, via the cable car station. But the games begin, I guess. Part of me is happy to know I've got company. And another part of me, a big part, is fucking terrified. 
I turn around and see I'm not too far off my last stop. I went over the last pylon already, slowing down then speeding up. I got the hang of it now. Actually, the end is coming up real fast. I've got a matter of seconds. And I didn't check the instructions on how to stop this flying umbrella. Yes, that's a reference. Look it up. So I drop the speed down to 5 kph, which is about as slow as it'll go without flicking switches I don't know anything about. Should have done my homework. But it's slow enough for me to make it work. I slide open the door. Holding on to the rails, there's still one heck of a job. <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. The cable car slides into the opening of the station like a Pez candy into a Pez dispenser. Yeah, that simile was fucking terrible. And yeah, you can pick your favorite Pez dispenser. I get ready to leap through the door and onto the platform. Except there's a fucking gate. And it's closed. Time to adjust the plan of attack a little. And now we're out of time. I leap through the doorway, grabbing onto the railing with both hands, which rattles around like something electrified, and throw myself sideways. Once my body's clear of the rail, I let go and twist with it, letting the momentum carry me in turn. I land on my feet, bending my knees. I stick the landing. No sweat. I hold my position for a minute, catching my breath. Then I'm up and moving around. Meanwhile, the cable car has done its revolution and is out the station and on its way back down to the town below, all ready for some fresh passengers just fine and fucking dandy. Can't think about that now. They'll presumably be up here at some point, joining me, but I still got some time. I open the door of the cable car station and step into a big room. It's covered and well shielded and insulated. I get the sense of a bunker or fallout shelter, the sort of place an important person in power would need to go during a strike. It's quiet here. Silence is swallowed up, absorbed by the thick walls, not letting anything out, not letting anything in. I stroll down the hallway to solid metal. My footsteps don't echo. It takes us a good long while to find the bloody platform where the cable car is supposed to be. We thought we were doing just fine, trudging along. We could see the big wires that carry the cable cars, even if we couldn't actually see said cable cars. We could see where they came down to earth, so to speak. So we headed in that general direction. We got close, bloody close, so we thought. Then we hit our first dead end. We went back and tried again. Then we found a bloody great big building blocking the way. So we went back and tried again. On the eighth try, we had success. I let Jake lead the way, you know, to absorb any oncoming fire. We step into a sort of waiting room. Jake points out the door. There's some splintered wood around the lock. Yeah, definitely a break-in. Someone probably attacked it with their feet. I look at him in absolute confusion for a few seconds, and then realize what he's going on about. Oh right, gotcha! On the other side of the waiting room are glass doors and they're open. We step through and now we're on the platform. 
There's a big U-shaped hole in the center, where the cable car is supposed to go and turn around. Only, there's no cable car right now. But we can hear the sound of machinery. Everything's on, apparently, and working. Jake is looking up the mountain and points to a distant cable car making its way down towards us. I hope there's no one on that. No, I don't think so. It looks empty from here, and whoever was on it was probably riding it up. It's empty now, all ready for us. Bloody brilliant. I get to the end of the hallway and find another doorway. It's a sliding door. One of those fancy ones where the door slides into the wall and kind of disappears. We didn't have anything like that down below. Makes sense. For the big wigs up here to have all the fancy shit. Would I have wanted a cool sliding metal door for the front door of my apartment? Fuck no. But I would have liked the option. I step into the room and it's pretty dark. I can see a few pinprick lights here and there, but nothing that tells me what it is. I can't even make out shapes. I pull out my data pad and find the flashlight option. The darkness is torn apart by a bright white beam and suddenly I can see what the hell is around me. It's a fucking control tower. Machinery. Everywhere. Consoles. Racks against walls. And I can see many more little lights now. Greens, reds, blues, oranges, and more. I shine the light around, and I see a light switch on the wall. Now why the hell didn't I try that when I walked in? It's a big switch. Almost a toggle. It takes a good bit of effort to lift up. There's a loud, echoing, metallic sound. Like something dropped. Then the room is bathed in light. Wow. Now that's much better. And yep, just as I thought, this is a watchtower. All those conspiratorial ideas we were having way down below were 100% correct. I can now see a single button on one of the consoles is lit up in an orangey yellow. It's thick and attention demanding. Taking the bait, I press on the damn thing. If I thought it was bright before, I find myself covering my eyes as the metallic shutters rattle up and reveal giant windows all around except for the doorway I came in through. Holy shit, I can see everything from here. Literally everything. An almost 360 degree view. I can see down below, way down to the town and the buildings and the many streets. I can look out far to the horizon. Nothing but ocean, and more ocean, it looks like. Though I guess if this is still the Mediterranean, it's all sea. <laughs> Jakey would correct me on that. Sea as far as the eye can see. He'd laugh at that, too. And now I can see the cable car. 
just about to come into the station. Well then, that fun time was short-lived. Time to face the fucking music. We don't know how to stop it, so it's all about timing. Fortunately, the cable car is going slow, damn slow. So it's not that big of a deal. We watched as it makes a U-turn, then we're ready by the railing. The door is open, makes it even easier. Whoever used it last has been courteous, or in a hurry. I hop on as soon as I have the chance, and Dave is right behind me, actually running into me. Kind of slip over the far side of the cable car. Then we're out of the station and beginning our ascension. Dave doesn't waste time throwing the sliding door closed. That makes things feel a lot safer in here. I walk over to the control panel looking at the various dials and switches, not knowing if I should do anything. I wonder if there were any instructions. I look around, then below, finding a small cubby underneath. There's a piece of paper there. A page of instructions. I shit you not. Awesome. Dave is at my side as I'm reading how to operate the cable car. Here goes. Hold on to something. Dave does and I accelerate the car to 15 kilometers per hour. When I reach the first pylon, I drop it to 5 kilometers per hour. Then I speed it back up again. Having me focus on operating the car does wonders to make me not have to deal with the fact that we're getting higher and higher, and as I might have mentioned once or twice before, I'm not a big fan of heights. Dave, meanwhile, is at the far end of the car, looking at the window and taking in the splendor laid out below. I'm sure it's beautiful, but right now I have to focus on operating the cable car. You know, for our safety and all. I haven't got long, a matter of minutes. I got choices to make, gotta be quick. Do I fire first? Do I take down whoever I see? Or do I give them a chance? A hope? I don't know right now. It depends if they're pointing anything my way. It depends on who the fuck they are. I draw out my little pistol. I haven't had to use it yet. I hope that streak continues. coming into the station now. Right where whoever was riding this car got off before, presumably. We can't take any chances. Jake is carrying out the instructions on the piece of paper. The cable car is coming to a complete stop. He's managed to break off a thin piece of metal from inside the car. It didn't look important, 
Nothing bad happened when he did it. And now he's got himself a makeshift weapon. And I've got the little gun. I draw it from my pocket and look at it. The last time I used it, it was to kill someone I didn't want to shoot. I hope this time I don't have to use it to kill someone I know I need to kill. I'm standing in the doorway. The cable car has stopped. Whoever's on it must have looked at the instructions. They must be pretty smart, too. Or at least able to read. I can't trust them, though. I make a snap decision and shut off the lights. It plunges the room and the hallway into mostly darkness. With the gun pointed at the opposite end, I start walking. We've stepped off the cable car and can't see anyone on the platform. I feel more than helpless with this pathetic piece of metal, but it's all I've been able to salvage on such short notice. This time I make a hand gesture for Dave to go first. No talking from here on out. We might be heard. Dave nods and walks in front. We reach the doorway that leads to a dark corridor. He steps through and I follow. We stop and wait. It takes a while, but then I hear it. Slow footsteps, coming slower. Dave hears them, too. He starts walking down the hallway. I don't know what the hell his plan is, but I stay close behind him. He must have something in mind. He's reaching into his pocket for something. I can hear the rustling. The footsteps are coming closer now as we draw nearer to the person. They're coming nearer. There's two of them. I can't tell if they're armed. They probably got something. It's your classic standoff. Only I'm really fast at the draw. Fuck, I've already drawn. I just need something to pull the trigger at. I brought out my data pad. My finger is already on the flashlight button. got my data pad out. I don't know who's coming towards us, but I want to see them before I try anything. Before I shoot them, if I have to. I know there's a torch option in the menu. There it is. Got to wait for the right time. We're very close now, and so are they. I turn, turn the, the light, light on. on. Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here. Every day now there's something on the news about climate change. Whether it's big corporations, small towns, entire countries, or indigenous groups affected. It's across the entire globe and we're all involved. But there are times where it feels there's only so little we can do. We recycle as much as we can, 
we pay attention to where we shop and buy what we need, but ultimately we end up feeling pretty helpless. Arcadia Power is a place where you can make a difference. If you sign up for Arcadia Power, you can feel good knowing that 100% of the energy being supplied to your home, whether you rent or own, is being supplied by clean, renewable sources. I was using PG&E before and thought it was going to be a hassle to switch. It wasn't. It was so easy. I even got to pick what type of renewable energy I wanted. I went with wind power, and each month I get to see a graph with a breakdown of my renewable energy usage and my clean impact. All the information you need is at arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. I know it's not a lot, but I will fully admit I feel a little better about myself now, knowing I'm doing what I can to help fight climate change. And now you can too, just by signing up. Plus, you'll be helping support this show too. So, win-win. Just head on over to arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. This episode was written and produced by Alex C. Talander. The voice of Monica is performed by Georgia McKenzie. The voice of Jake is performed by Chris Fletcher. The voice of Dave is performed by Alex C. Talander. Sound effects are courtesy of the wonderful people at freesound.org. The music featured in this episode, all from the Free Music Archive, is Wireless and Awkward Silences Version A by Lee Rosevere. Cedar Waxwing by Chad Crouch. Rotisserie Graveyard by Dr. Turtle. Did you know there are many ways you can help support Ostium? You can tell a friend about the show, or talk about Ostium on social media. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and let us know, and we'll send you a free sticker as a thank you. And if you really want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast, where you'll get access to a whole bunch of bonus content, like outtakes, the Ostium files, and even early access to new episodes. So check it out at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.